five minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no job. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Best saddle up now, kids, cause here we go! Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. Today, your hosts are Brian Lockhart and Sarah Bro from the Marine Corps Movie Minute Podcast. And we are here to discuss Minute 17. Minute 17 begins with Payton catching a glimpse of Hannah. And it ends with a case of mistaken identity. Sarah, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Before we get into the minute proper, and, and, and I mean, I already know offline, but can you tell the listeners what um, what's your history with Silverado? Zero. Um, <laughs> until, until you came and said, hey, do you want to do this? I had never watched the movie until last night, and I was pleasantly surprised to see a lot of my favorite actors in it when they were very poorly acting. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-star cast, for sure. Absolutely. It's it's a great cast. And um, like I said, this was when they were all babies. So it's it's hard to see them and picture them not as who you see today. So like especially Kevin Klein, like I'm like, oh my God, he's such a funny guy. And then you watch this and he's trying to be serious and I'm like waiting for that joke to drop and I'm like, Where's Kevin Klein? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I really think he's a uh, an odd choice for one of the main stars. Who I mean, honestly, I think he he, he plays. I'm, I I can't remember if I've mentioned it yet, but I will definitely mention it again in the, in this podcast. That you know he comes off as like a really nice guy, but you know deep down he's seen some stuff, he's done some stuff, and he's not somebody you mess with. And I never would have expected that from Kevin Klein. <laughs> exactly exactly when he walks up to that guy and he's like that better not be my gun in your holster and i'm like oh he's about to mess somebody up yeah because because before that he's just this nice guy that got taken advantage of so you don't really see how he's he gets like that thousand yard stare and he does it a few times throughout this film and you just know he's not somebody to to mess with yeah. uh it's all fun and games until it isn't exactly exactly that dark glare yeah, for sure. And then this, but this, why I think he's great for this role because he can do that dramatic stuff and, and like I said, kind of tough guy stuff that you wouldn't expect from him. But there's some funny lines and he delivers those great. Like he's, he, he's not like doing jokey slapstick stuff, but he is funny. Like he's a funny dude. Like Peyton is, a lot of these guys got great lines and they all deliver them well. Exactly. But I mean, he's just a naturally, funny guy in real life so it it carries over to his roles like whatever whatever moment needs that you know that shtick it just works yeah because we'll get what we get actually at the end of this minute we get that we see that we see his cleverness we see his wittiness you know a a way to deliver a pretty funny line uh, you know funny situation where where scott glenn as much as i like him is (laughs) He's more of a straight arrow kind of no nonsense kind of serious guy right very serious but that's that's him. That's you know, that's usually Scott Glenn in most movies. <laughs> yeah, very very much. That's very accurate. <laughs> All right, so 
I mean, instead of saving this for the end, just tell me up front, what, what is your overall impression with the movie? Did, did you feel like it was a waste of time? No, it, it, like you said, it, it very much had its moments and it just, it, it really came together. Like I'm very much not a Western person. Like my grandfather would be so proud that I watched it. Um, (laughs) but it, it was just never a genre that, that really spoke to me. Like other than like Tombstone or like Young Guns, which are sticky, you know, like Hollywood infested. It just made sense. It kicked ass. It was, it was really good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. It's because Young Guns, I think is one of those, like, it's very slick. Yeah. Tombstone too. Tombstone's slick. It's, it's an, I mean. This was much more gritty, you know, it was. Yeah. I this like is it. more of a traditional Western, but done in a more modern uh, sensibility, even though it was done in 85. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think Young Guns was very much definitely a more, uh, for the time, a modern. Modern Western. Western. Yeah. Same with, same, honestly, same with Tombstone. Yes. But, you know, but they're, they're also kind of more action. And I think, I think without, you know, without Silverado, I don't think we get a Young Guns. Oh, a, a million percent, a million percent. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Clint Eastwood fan. I love a lot of his Westerns, but the, a lot of them can be slow. And I think Silverado, it has a slow parts, but overall there's enough, um, enough, enough characters, enough funny bits and enough action to, to, um, kind of keep you entertained, I think throughout. And that's, I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest Western fan as a kid, but I saw this as a kid and I loved it. So, um, and as I said, my love for it has grown as I continue to watch it in age. It's the nostalgia. It's the, you know, the memories associated with it. I mean, you probably watched it with your dad or your grandfather, right? So it just yeah. means more, you know, that's yeah, like when you watch it now, it's, it's that core memory that attaches itself to it. And you're just like, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it definitely helps. Like I said, my dad turned me on to this, but it was also just a repeat on HBO where it was like, uh, you know, it's kind of like a comfort thing. It's just on and <laughs> it's got great lines and it's definitely quotable to this point that I think you and I were talking offline about it. And there's one later that Danny Glover says that my dad and I still use. I don't want to kill you and you don't want to be dead. You know, <laughs> like Which was my favorite. It was my favorite line. I was like, yes. I've, I've made no secret about it. Because, you know, just to tip my hat, I've actually recorded some other episodes later where I will talk about this. But I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is absolutely amazing. I love that main theme. And it definitely helps set the tone for the movie, I think. I'll have to check that out. Be honest. Like, I didn't really, shockingly, I didn't really pay attention to the music in it. No. I was too busy trying to focus on not making a complete fool of myself today. <laughs> no, that's my job. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it wasn't a waste of your time. I'm glad to hear that you actually watched it, unlike some other hosts that podcasted with me that didn't watch the movie. <laughs> There's no way I could come in here not prepared. I took notes. You should see my notebook. I took notes. Why don't we get into those notes? Let's talk about minute 17 previous minute we got a uh, a glimpse of hannah messing with her wagon that's a Rosanna arquette so this minute really kicks off with her still well i really it kicks off with with kevin klein payton making googly eyes at her <laughs> yeah he definitely is smitten she seems unimpressed though this is gonna sound terrible but i mean 
you know, there's not always that like attraction at first sight or whatever. Like you got to give me something. And he just kind of was like giving her googly eyes. Like when not all women respond to that, like give me something. If we jump ahead a few seconds after that, after she kind of turns away, they show they show Peyton Emmett riding away from them, and they he is like breaking his neck trying to get a, you know, <laughs> one last glimpse. But one thing I notice when that happens, I'm noticing Emmett is actually checking her out there too, and he's really staring even at, after Kevin Klein Peyton starts looking at the gallows. So, well, okay, so like for a second, I actually thought. Or it kind of felt to me like maybe they had had a history. So whenever I went back and watched it, I was like, no, that's like the first time for all of them, you know? So I do yeah. like later in the movie when she's telling him, yeah, I'm pretty. And people expect pretty girls to do pretty girl things, but I'm not going to look like this forever. Yeah. And she's not interested in, you know, being dainty and all that. She's She's got a plan. She's going to, you know, she wants to be a farmer. Hard worker. Yeah. We don't know this yet, but she's married. And we actually meet her husband in this minute, but again, they don't they don't spell it out yet. Yeah, Roseanne Arquette is attractive. It really, it's just a simple matter of here. Kevin Klein. One of the reasons he wanted to come to Turley was because he wanted to know if there was a saloon and women. Well, he found <laughs> he found a woman immediately, yeah. and he's he's definitely eyeing her. It's one step away from catcalling, really. But she, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do wonder what she's thinking. Like, I mean, she, cause she does look back at him, but she also continues to, to work on, uh, you know, get preparing the wagon and making sure nothing, everything's tied down. You know, like you make googly eyes at me. Like I'm not about that right now. <laughs> Talk to me later. Hit me up later. But right now in this moment, have a nice day, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, um, she gets back to work and those guys just continue on. You know, it's funny because I, I never really paid a lot of attention until I'm sitting here focusing it for a project like this. And as these guys are going down the street, you see more and more of the wagon train. They're all just lined up, ready to go, and which it gets called out in a minute here. But these guys go up to a saloon and and uh, hitch their horses. And but but they do they do they pass by these gallows first, which last minute I never noticed. You could see it in the background as they're coming into town. I mean it's plain as day right there it's just not something i focused on yeah but here they i mean this minute they call it out you're supposed to notice this they go right by it and these guys are working on they're actually testing out the trap door you know the hanging apparatus so (laughs) it's freshly built and i did kind of like as i watched because i did notice it and i'm like oh you know and i put down on my notes like perfect day for a hanging you know sun's a shining it's a beautiful day for someone to in the wild wild west get hung Right. And then you find out it's specifically for his brother, like awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after they get to saloon and are hitching their horses, there's everybody's favorite. Hey, that guy is eyeing them. And then of course the, we get a case of the mistaken identity begins and it's, uh, it's Brian James character actor and actor in many, many films that, you know, throughout the eighties and nineties that you would go, Hey, there he is again. He's playing Hobart. He's kind of the head of the settlers. He's upset that Emmett and Payton are just kind of lackadaisical. Yeah, like, what the heck are you doing? You're late. How dare you waste my time? Actually, before we get into that, I want to circle back here a second. When Payton and Emmett hitch up their horses to the the saloon, we we can see them in the in the background kind of do it. In the foreground, there's somebody named um well we it's we find out that's Hannah's husband, and his name is Conrad. And he's played by Rusty Myers. Okay. 
and you know he's just standing there there's a guy on a wagon and he's sitting there kind of he's got a rifle and he's just kind of watching things he seems impatient so Rusty Myers, I, I looked, He's he's been in a, a bunch of movies, but he seems like he was a small-time actor. This seems like one of his bigger roles. But I found out that he played Roseanne Arquette's boyfriend in the, the 1979 TV movie, The Ordeal of Patty Hearst. <laughs> so, yeah, all these years later, he's uh, they got married, and now they're moving out west. <laughs> if only they knew. Hindsight, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, it was meant to be. Right? Yeah, I thought that was funny. That was a neat little thing I discovered. After that, we meet everybody's favorite, hey, that guy, uh, Brian James, which, first off, I was impressed that his, his name is also, Brian is also spelled up all jacked up. It's B-R-I-O-N. So I wonder if everybody have called him Broin, like I get always called Byron. Probably. Very, very likely. <laughs> yeah, so... Do you know Brian James? I mean, do you remember, do you recognize him from stuff? I mean. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, that, that face that looks like everyone, you know, Blade Runner, the fifth element. I mean, come on. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was going to say that he's, he's got a whole bunch of tango and cash. He's, um he's done actually a lot of voice work too, uh, for like, like he was in Spawn. He was in uh, like Batman animated series, but he's a lot, he's done a ton of TV. It's funny. He's, he's done a ton of TV. And he's done a ton of movies, and it's always, you know, not the biggest roles. Who's that guy? Yeah, you're kind of like, his face, like, I know his face. Like, who is that? I mean, I always associate him with being a villain. Like, he's in uh, the movie Armed and Dangerous with um, John Candy and and Eugene Levy. John Candy. Oh, my (laughs) God. He was an actor, right? He certainly was. (laughs) (laughs) I see here, like, I'm, I'm looking him up for other things he's done to see if I know. And I saw that he was in, like, the TV series, The Magnificent Seven. So he yeah. definitely has his his hand in those Western-type roles. It's funny because he's, like, they say he was he was in, uh, like, shows I used to watch, like, like Sledgehammer. But then he's in a movie I like, like Tango and Cash. Unfortunately, he passed away, I think, in 1999. But he's just one of those guys that just keeps showing up and stuff. He was in 48 Hours. But again, he, he like he did voice work as well, and and you know because he was in in like movies that like action movies and and horror movies that I've seen, he's you know like it's a TV series. He was in Incredible Hulk and like just you name it, he's been in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's just always one of those hey that guys as I, as I like to describe him, and he's great as Hobart. So Hobart is the leader of the wagon train. He's very upset with Emmett and and uh, Peyton because he thinks they're. Baxter and Holly, and he yells out to them, this is a bad start. You know, I got people milling around, throwing snowballs. We're raring to go. And Let's get on it. Scott Glenn, he goes, you're right. This is a bad start because I ain't Baxter, and he ain't Holly. He's like, you're not Baxter? No, nah, my name's Emmett. And, he, and then he turns to, <laughs> this, is, this is the bit I love for this minute. He turns to Kevin Klein Payton. He goes, and you're not Baxter either? He goes, no, I'm not Holly. <laughs> see that's funny like that's he says it so dryly too but it comes off hilariously no i'm not holly <laughs> nope yeah he's brilliant i, I love kevin klein <laughs> so that's why i think you know he's perfect for some of this dialogue for and, sure. and that's really that's the end of the minute like there it's it's just the the one thing i was yeah, i kind of noted i'm like wasn't the case of mistaken identity isn't that kind of the whole plot of desperately seeking susan since we got rosanna arquette here 
right? And I and I love Rosanna Arquette, but it's just and not and not. Ugh. Okay, I don't know how to say this. So I, like I don't want to offend anyone, but I do. I do feel like Hollywood will take a script and then just tweak it a little bit. But they kind of all have the same backstory or like the same like, oh hey that, but that happened in that movie too, and then that happened in that movie too, and then it just kind of like, you know, they're known for stealing for stealing you know back plots. They're like, well, it worked, it worked for that movie, so we're just gonna do it again. <laughs> Right. They always say there's there's no um there's no original ideas in Hollywood, that type of thing. Not anymore, <laughs> man. Done. Not anymore. And all these remakes are killing me. Like just leave well enough alone. It was great. Let's move on. Well, they could do a requel, you know, a, a sequel reboot of Silverado and they could have like Kevin Klein training a new generation of Silveradoans. You gotta think about it like this, because if they did do do a sequel, I mean this this was filmed in nineteen eighty five. Like in all honesty, your life expectancy in the wild wild west was not long at all. There are very few people that actually made it to old age. So would any of them still be alive? I mean, I would like to hope they are, you know, that they lived their long, prosperous lives, but especially a character like Jake, he's always getting in it, man. Like he's bound to get somebody else in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if they were really going to do a sequel, it would totally focus on Kevin Costner because he's getting up there in age, but he would, I mean, it would totally be like, you know, Yellowstone, but just set at a more time appropriate, <laughs> you know, because he's done. Um, actually, have you ever seen the movie Open Range with uh, uh, Kevin so. Costner and Robert Duvall? Oh, well, it's another Western that you did say you're not, that's not your favorite genre. <laughs> I really like that movie. It's with Kevin Costner, Robert Duvall. And Costner plays a, a gunslinger, and and he's way more serious than Jake. But you could you could squint and say that this is like a sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first half of that movie, I, I just love because I'm like, ah, like the first thirty minutes is like all these beautiful old school kind of western shots. It's slow. It's just like it takes its time, and and you just really get to know uh, the characters a little bit. You really take in the scenery, kind of set up the town. And then by the second half of the movie, at least the third act, it's just like, now we're just going to shoot everybody. And it's, uh, <laughs> it, so it's like a best of both foundation and then search and destroy. Kevin Costner is amazing in that movie. I mean, what's he not amazing in though? Like he's done some, he, his career, he's done some phenomenal, phenomenal movies. That's true. That's true. I, I mean, I personally, I like Kevin Costner and enjoy most of his films. I'm not going to say all of them are great, but uh, <laughs> um, well, when he, he plays a cowboy, he's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, for, all right, you know, this is where I crap all over uh, Man of Steel and all that. I do not like some of the things that they had Jonathan Kent do in, in, um, in the movie Man of Steel with, you know, as Superman's father. However, I thought that was inspired casting to cast Kevin Costner as his father, as a farmer. And he does an excellent job. I just wish that some of the choices that they made in that movie were different, but it's not Kevin Costner's fault. He is great. <laughs> so. Okay. Billy boy. I've never seen Superman, man of steel. I've never seen it, but he does farmer good. Right. I mean, look at field of dreams. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's great. He's, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great casting. It's just ugh, some of the I'm torn on whether or not to tell you to go watch it or not. If Perry was here right now, he'd tell you to go watch it. 
Look, there's a reason that I follow your your Marvel. Uh huh. Is because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've seen you know the DC movies, and they're they just aren't as exciting as as the Marvel ones. Like maybe your earlier Batman's before George Clooney took over. I could deal with like I've never even seen the more recent ones. Yeah, some of them are good, but there's there's definitely some weird choices with especially what they decided to do when they try to copy Marvel and do in a, a shared universe. Yeah, it just goes off the rails. Was that the, um, Justice League or? Yeah, yeah, like those type of movies. The, yeah. the problem is they they look great. They have good stuff in them, but at the same time, I'm like, man, there's just some stuff that. Why did you make this choice? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, do you have anything else about this particular, this minute in particular that you want to highlight? This minute in particular, I'll be honest. Okay. So when, when you asked me to do this, you sent me over the, the minute that we had to talk about. I was literally like, I watched them and I'm like, okay, what the hell am I supposed to say? Like there's some walking and the guy, like the guy doesn't even know who these people are. Like, I was like, there's nothing to talk about here. Like, I was like, I don't know what to say. And you were like, oh, well, I mean, you can watch the movie, but you don't have to. And I'm like, if I wouldn't have watched the movie, this would have been horrible. This would have tanked so bad because I would have literally been like, I got nothing. Like, they did some walking and there was some confusion. <laughs> and that's how I would have been through this whole thing. Like, I would have walked through it and been totally confused. Well, that's pretty much how I do everything in life just walk just keep on walking and just keep on being confused yeah i mean it's really the way to go like just stay out of everything like i don't know what you're talking about mister <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i just go and, I, and i'm not who you think i am <laughs> so. exactly all right sarah we best scoot before hobart mistakes us for not baxter and not holly so before we get pressed in the service for this uh, wagon train I just want to let everybody know that you can find, you know, myself, I mentioned Perry as a co-host and, and Sarah may be making some appearances here in the future on the Marine Corps Movie Minute podcast, where we uh, discuss movies featuring Marines. We did minute by minute version of uh, the Clint Eastwood classic Heartbreak Ridge and uh, stay tuned. We will probably be doing some, uh, maybe not minute by minute, but other movies featuring the United States Marines as we were all in the Marine Corps. Hoorah. Hoorah. So... <laughs> But all right, look, listen, listen to the passion behind that hoorah I just gave. <laughs> I mean, I have to be a little bit higher on that scale because my son is currently serving. So, you know, I have my little my little wall of Marine Corps stuff specifically for my son. None of my stuff, like all my stuff's in the basement, but his stuff is on display. That's perfect. And you can't you can't have him out hoorah you, so you gotta have some passion behind it. Exactly. I gotta show them like this is where you got it from, son. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, just remember who the big big dog is around here. Exactly. It ain't you. <laughs> All right. So uh, the listeners can find uh, the podcast on uh, this podcast, Silverado Minute, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. It can also be found at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. If you wanted, you know, follow the show on social media. There is the Midnight Star, the Silverado Listen, Silverado Minutes Listener Saloon on Facebook. And also on Twitter, it's Silverado MXM. Be honored to have everybody come back and join Sarah and I for Next Minute, Minute 18. And we will see you next time on Silverado Minute. Yeehaw! Or should I say, hoorah! Silverado Minute.
November 5. Speaking is hard. It's hey, English English is difficult, man. <laughs> Me fail English, that's impossible.